Welcome back to that one sports podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Wilson, and my boy Chris, who I always got with me. We got a good episode. So, Chris, like we always do, what do we got on the show today, my brother? Hi, baby. We got NFL free agency, and you know free agency's been hotter than a crackhead spoon on Independence (laughs) Avenue today. You know that, baby. It's been going wild. So we're going to talk about NFL free agency. Then we're going to talk about the contenders and pretenders based off of the movement in the NFL. We're going to hit up a little baseball with MLB Classic. And we're going to finish with one of the most exciting events in all of sports, and that is the NCAA bracket. You and I will discuss our Sweet 16 going all the way to the championship. And because this is recorded, there will be no take backsies. Whatever we pick, it's going to be it. And we can go back a couple weeks after this and see who was right and who was the closest on picking the national championship winner. Mitch, let's start off with that free agency, baby. You know it's hot. It is. It is so hot. So obviously, big thing that happened today was quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Oakland Raiders. Jimmy G. To me, to be completely honest, when I saw that, I laughed because I was like, in my opinion, I feel like Derek Carr and Jimmy G. I don't think that there is a big difference in the level of play. So it's like you got rid of one guy to bring in another guy who is not substantially better. And so I was very surprised that that happened because you essentially, in my opinion, you didn't get that much better. I mean, he's obviously going to study the shit, but there's there's not a big gap between Jimmy G and Derek Carr. So yeah, Jimmy that was... G fit Sin City a little bit better, though. You know, Derek Carr was like the Christian, definitely had the cross around his neck. Jimmy G's out there messing around with porn stars and, you know what I mean, like... He definitely fits Sin City a little bit better, you know? True. We'll see Very what Jimmy true. Brings. But, yeah, I thought it was funny that that was kind of like the big news, and it's like I, I don't really know if he's talent-wise better, but I got a hot take. I do think the Raiders will finish better than last year. So it's going to look like Jimmy G coming on was a lot better quarterback. I just think the team's going to be, be better, and I think Josh McDaniels is going to be able to to coach better, if you will, with Jimmy G. So I do think the Raiders are going to finish better than what they finished last year. Yeah, I agree, because as long as they get consistent play out of the quarterback position, I mean, they have pieces in place. They have Devontae Adams. They have Darren Waller. They have a Renfro, who is... Yes. I mean, they have all those guys. So if they just get a guy that can consistently put them in positions to win, I think that they are going to do really well. Now, I will say, I don't know. <clears throat> they're going to do well, but I mean, they're not winning the division or anything type of like that. But they will be better. Also, news today, it's not official, but depending on who you listen to, what sources you have, it seems that. It is essentially a done deal and Rodgers to the Jets. I think that was a good fit for him going back a few weeks. We talked about on the podcast. I said for me and my thoughts that that was the best place for him to go because of the defense that they have. And if he can play at an elite level or even just a Pro Bowl caliber level, then I think that they're going to be fighting Buffalo for that division. I know they only have Garrett Wilson as a receiver, but I also think 
Aaron Rodgers is the type of quarterback. New change of scenery gives him new life, and I think that because of that situation not being tainted in Green Bay, I think that he plays really well, and I think that he plays at a level that he makes the receivers around him better, literally just to despite Green Bay because I think that he was there for a long time. I think that, in my opinion, they never put enough weapons around him for him to be super successful. Obviously, Devontae Adams, but when you're in a situation where you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you don't draft another quarterback in the first round. That was probably... I disagree, though, because I I think his early Green Bay days, he had Jordy Nelson, he had Randall Cobb, he had Greg Jennings, he had... He had a lot of really good players around him. Now, the running back position wasn't great, and I wouldn't say his defense was stellar, but you know he had B.J. Raji and he had um, Matthews, and he had great people around him, and they only won one ring. What I'm interested to see is I think in that division, it's a really good fit for him. And, dude, that change in itself that division's wild. Now, I'm talking like bald-headed Britney Spears wild. Like, <laughs> could you imagine if New England gets Lamar Jackson like some of the rumors are coming out? So you would have Lamar with New England. You would have Aaron Rodgers with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. You would have still Josh Allen with Buffalo. And now you've got Miami with Tua. But Tua's, Tua's the weakness. You look at that receiving core with Tyreek Hill and Waddle and the running backs they have. And then they've got the defense now with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. Or Xavier Howard. Is it Xavier or Xavier? I think it's Xavier. We'll just it's call it Howard. Howard. <laughs> Howard. <laughs> yeah. He's playing corner, right? So their team, that division, reminds me a lot of the AFC West. AFC West was supposed to be crazy last year. I think this is the year the AFC West even becomes more competitive. Sean Payton, I think, will turn the ship around. Not necessarily to win the division. I still have the the Chiefs, but I think the Broncos are going to be competitive. If the rumors are true and the Chargers pick up Odell Beckham, because there's rumors that he wants to stay in L.A., just not for the Rams. Well, put two and two together. There's only one other team there. So you would have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Odell Beckham with Justin Herbert. I know Austin Eckler wants to get gone, but what could they get for Austin Eckler? So let's say right. they got two good second round picks or even a first, they're going to be able to get a stud running back in the in the draft that can probably do something very similar to him. NFL free agency is now starting to get more exciting, not necessarily than the season, but it's almost like back in the day Mitch when we would play fantasy on Madden. It, it's oh, yeah. turning into that now where Oh yeah. Today it's wild, your phone's blowing off, you don't know who's getting what. And then some of these under-the-radar signings, like Jalen Ramsey to the Finns, or the Chiefs picking up a very good pro football-focused rated tackle. Now who do they go after? There's rumors that they're going to trade for Laramie Tunsil from Houston Texans. Free agency is starting to become fun. It's not a dead time like it used to be. And that's what I'm excited to see what the NFL has to bring. And speaking upon that, and that's exactly why the NFL has the greatest marketing in the entire world. Like we've talked about, they are absolute king because even when they're not playing, each month they are still dominating the news and headlines. And I will say one thing I do like about the Chiefs picking up the tackle, I like the acquisition, but I also like how they right off the bat said he's going to play left tackle, okay? 
Because what happens if, you know, they say he's going to play left tackle and then let's say they don't get Larry Tunsil and then all of a sudden in the come draft in April, you have an elite level tackle that falls to 15, 17. Oh, well, okay. Because we can go draft him. We can slide Jackson, not Jackson. We can slide uh, Taylor over to right tackle. And then now not only are you young, but you're cheap. Okay. Cause you have the, you love tackle who you're going to have for five years. He's going to be on, on a cheap contract. And then you have your right tackle that's that is secured for four years. So, and then, and then if you think about it now, you have a 25 year old, year old right tackle. You have a 23, 22 year old left tackle and, and Joe Tooney would be the vet at that point. But he's still, in my opinion, not just because he's a Chiefs player, but he's, in my opinion, arguably one of the best left guards in the game, period. Creed Humphrey, in my opinion, is an all-pro, and Trey Smith is a heck of a right guard. So, And, and I think that's going to be super vital at this point because Patrick's 27, 28 now. He's, going, he's about to be in his prime, and when he is in his prime, you're going to want, obviously, the best offensive line you can possibly have, and with him being young and good, that is a great sign for the Chiefs front office. And, and free agency's not done. I mean, I think you're absolutely see big things. I would not be shocked if the rumors are true that DeAndre Hopkins comes to Kansas City. I feel that we're going to be in that New England Patriots realm where we're going to start getting older players that are ring chasing, but have a lot left in the tank, and maybe not even a lot, but a good one or two seasons. That's something I can see out of DeAndre Hopkins. He wants a ring. He wants to be remembered as a champion. No one will ever remember your contract, right? Unless you're a true football fanatic. But no one will ever forget championships. He wants one of those things. He wants to have a, a ring. And in NFL free agency, other than what I would say, Lamar Jackson tracker and Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers, one thing we failed to talk about, and we'll bring it up now, is the Bears traded their number one pick. Which yeah. no one th- didn't think that wouldn't happen, right? Like double negatives there. I think everyone thought they would trade it. But now that it's come out, they got a massive haul. Yes. If I was a Bears fan today, I would be excited for what they picked up because you still don't know what you have in – Justin Fields, but he's shown you enough that he can still keep you excited. Like, hey, let's see what he can do with pieces around him. I think DJ Moore is going to be productive. I'm not going to flip out and say he's going to become some all pro now because I still don't think Justin Fields is that great of a thrower and a pure passer. So we'll see what his receivers do. But if I was a Bears fan today, I would be excited. And now I wonder... Who do you think the Panthers take, Mitch? I mean, for them to trade all that, who do you think they have in their sights? Well, I tell you what, I would have to say it's one of two guys, in my opinion. It's got to be either C.J. Stroud or they're taking a big leap of faith and they're going to grab the QB from Florida because the type of combine that he had, I wouldn't be shocked if they were so impressed with that that they decided to to take a chance on him because a lot of the comps, like we talked about last episode or the episode before, a lot of the comps are Cam Newton, even though I, I understand the comp 
but I think he's a lot better throw of the football than Cam. And was they co- had success with Cam. Yep. And honestly, he had success coming right out of the gate. I think he broke a rookie rec- a rookie record for passing yards. Cam did. He threw for like over four thousand some odd yards. Yep. His very first year in the league. So maybe they are going to try to see if lightning strikes twice, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and also I will say with uh, with the Bears, you know, they uh, get a guy like uh, Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker from Buffalo. Man, I think with the Bears and their what they're doing, like you said, if I was a Bears fan, I would be extremely excited with trade with uh, trading away the uh, number one pick, getting those draft picks, and what they've already done today in free agency, I would be super excited. I think C.J. Stroud's a safe pick for the Panthers. I I can't see them with that franchise making a a leap of faith. Other than Anthony Richardson, you do bring up a valid point, but if they go grab like Will Levis or something like that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like They're just going to do another Trubisky where they're going to reach for somebody and then they're going to miss out on – a stud or two behind them. Will Levis is a reach and I will be happy for him if I'm wrong, but the only two people, the only one person that I would take there, maybe two would be Bryce Young and um, CJ Stroud. Yeah. Outside of that, man, I'm not sure if I would really reach you traded up all that capital to go get Will Levis or to go get Anthony Richardson, which Anthony Richardson, don't let the talk fool you. He's probably going to go outside of the top 10. I know Mike Mayock is, we're going to have four quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah, Mike Mayock's also an, or not Mike Mayock, whatever. Mel, Mel Kuyper's also an idiot. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, th- I think you're, I think it's CJ Stroud. But you would also think that the Bears would learn what happened last time. Last time you went up and you got Mitchell Trubisky and you passed on Deshaun Watson. And Patrick Mahomes. Now, obviously, and, and I think that's why the Bears were smart this time, and they traded the pick. They're like, we're not going to fall into that trap. There's not any of these guys that we love, you right? Know, you, you think of Bryce Young? Why would you bring Bryce Young up to the cold, windy city of of Chicago? And then you think of like Will Levis. Yeah, he's big, got a big body, but is he ready for that northern style football? He's not a big Ben. He's not those those big guys that handle that really well. Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady did so well in New England because he played at Michigan. Exactly. He played he was, in cold weather, and he's not a little dude. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's a big guy, big old hands. You know, he, he could spin that ball. You got Kenny Pickett that basically has got like little cabbage patch hands, and he's all <laughs> trying to throw the ball down, down the field, which I'm not knocking on Pickett. I actually think he'll do pretty well next year. Speaking of what teams are going to do, now that we've kind of talked about free agency in the draft, that leads us to our next point. We kind of brought up Kenny Pickett. With all this movement going on, Mitch, do you think anybody has solidified themselves as a contender with the moves they've made? And do you think teams have dropped themselves out of the contender rank because of the moves they haven't made? What okay. say you want? Okay, so I think one of the underlining um, trades that happened was Jalen Ramsey to Miami. I think when you have a offense like they have with that receiving core in Tua, and then they already have, in my opinion, one of the best corners in the league, and you add arguably the best corner in the league, I mean, that defense is going to be absolutely clamped down. 
I will say they are in in a rough division with Buffalo, and especially if, if Aaron Rodgers ends up in uh, New York with the Jets. But I'm telling you, if Tua goes out and plays this coming up season like he did last year or even better, dude, they have an unbelievably great shot to be a contender because of the acquisition of Jalen Ramsey because he is an absolute stud. A lot of people may not like him because he likes to talk, but you want to know what? If I was as good as him, I'd probably be talking that much too. So um, I think the Miami Dolphins are going to be contender. I also believe if the Jets that goes through and they get in Rodgers, I think that they're going to be contender. Um, I would say, ironically, that the Oakland Raiders, unless you know they have some more things to come, to me, like I talked about earlier, I think the difference between Jimmy G and Derek Carr is very minimal. So um, they definitely haven't stepped up into the contender category. I think Detroit well. wins the division. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Division. Detroit ended 8-2 in the season. Jared Goff's playing well. That's another huge rumor people are talking about. Does Lamar Jackson go to Detroit? And I am not a huge Lamar Jackson fan, but I think with that style of running back with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams and the defense getting better, that would be an interesting, interesting trade for him to go there. I think Detroit wins that division. And Colin Cowherd, who I like a lot, he made a quote very famous about three years ago. He said, name the last time a noisy team, quote-unquote noisy or loud team, in the offseason, ever really won the Super Bowl. Now, you could go back maybe to the Rams when they won it. They signed Stafford. They had OBJ. But other than that, look at the Chiefs last year. Quiet in the offseason, they hoisted the Lombardi. You had the Rams, of course, yes. But Tampa Bay, they bring on Tom Brady, but they were kind of quiet. You know, they, were, they built kind of from within. They drafted a lot of those guys. And you look at the Chiefs the year before that, kind of quiet. We don't go out and have a big free agency splash. I think Detroit has themselves perched really well. I'm not saying they're going to win anything. But I think a lot of these free agents are going to be fun to begin the season. But you'll start seeing familiar faces start to creep back up to the top. I think Buffalo is going to be one of those. I think Buffalo is going to struggle coming out the gate. But I think as it gets cold, they're going to wake up a little bit and they're going to contend for the AFC East. Miami is going to be their contender. I think the Jets with Rodgers, great pickup. I still think they're a few pieces away. How does Brees Hall come back from his knee injury? Miami's ready to win now. Miami's that one Agreed. team Agreed. every year. They're ready to win now. And look at the Niners. Niners go out and sign this, and they sign this, and they sign this. And their whole success hinges on one guy. Brock Purdy. If they had a quarterback, I'm not sure I would even pick the Chiefs. Well, I would say on. the Niners are going to win. Do, uh, do you know who they picked up today, quarterback-wise? Yeah, so I think he's going to be the filler until um, Trey Lance or Purdy came back. Well, Purdy's probably going to miss, I would assume, at least the first part of the season because he got hurt in the NFC Championship game. But it's like – with the San Francisco Forty ers man, I'm telling you, I think. Oh, Brady's- bro, come, oh, bro, listen, listen. get that stuff out of here, bro. I think Brady is going to join a team late in the year. I think he's what? not going to go to a camp. He's not going to do anything like that. Watch what's going to happen here tonight on that one sports podcast at eight thirty four. Brock Purdy's going to get hurt, and Brady, you know he can't stay away from the game. 
he's going to go and be throwing routes to Julian Edelman and on the beach and working out. And they're going to say, you get a dream to come play half a season for the team that you idolized growing up. And they're already Super Bowl ready. You already have a fantastic defense. You've got a plug and play offense. You got CMC in the back. You got Debo. You got all these pieces around. And all we need is you to come in and don't screw anything up. And you're telling me even a 47-year-old Brady playing eight games to finish out couldn't be good? Oh, I, I think he could be I'm good. I'm not trying to spin the wheel. I'm just saying, keep your eye out on Brady. Keep your eye out on Brady. If one of these good contending teams have an injury late in the season, I think the old evil empire is going to start having that itch, and he might think about coming back. Okay. Okay, but I will say one of the, one of the uh, I would say maybe not, well, obviously it was talked about, but something that we haven't talked about is today the San Francisco 49ers also signed D-tackle um, Hargrave from Philadelphia, and he's one of their best defensive linemen. How does the 49ers defense keep getting freaking better? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like they have all, they have all pros at every level, D-line, linebacker, corners safeties it's like and i would say i I will have i will say this i don't want to hear the brady talk but i will say this i do believe if something were to happen in that situation where to me the only team is the niners because of their elite level defense i mean i'm gonna say right now that i feel like they have the best defense in the league so i think that the 49ers are the only team that would be able to pull that off to have you know Purdy get hurt, you know, eight nine games in, and then Brady Absolutely. comes in. Brady comes in to save save the day. So I feel like the Miami Dolphins from the AFC are that contender that got better from the NFL free agency. From the NFC side, I think it's the 49ers. Some of the the trades that they made, I do believe that they're the team that's that got better on paper. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like. You know, way too early predictions. I feel like the Niners are probably the best team in the NFC. I think they're probably the favorite for the to represent the NFC in this next Super Bowl. I would say in the AFC, I might be Homer, but until someone can knock the Chiefs off, I think it's the Chiefs. As if if you're not familiar with this saying, um, it definitely is set in Kansas City, and and if you watch Fox and and you. Watch my guy Nick Wright on TV. Essentially, the AFC Championship game has turned into what we call the Arrowhead Invitational because it's always played in Arrowhead for the last five years. So I definitely think the the Chiefs picking up picking up the tackle and essentially I, we obviously this is the first day of free agency. We don't know what else is going to happen. We know that they always draft well. So like I said, until someone can knock off that guy fifteen. I think the Chiefs are going to be the favorites in the AFC as well. All right, we're going to switch it up real quick. We're going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. Some of you might be thinking, what the heck is that? That's my point exactly. It's something that we wanted to talk about for a few minutes on the show. Uh, the World Baseball Classic is essentially the baseball version of the World Cup. Okay, Now, I will say it doesn't have nearly as many countries that are that are competing and playing, but there are 20 countries that are, that, that are participating in the World Baseball Classic. Obviously, the U.S. is one of them, and I really like the fact that the U.S. is obviously competing, but 
more so um well because a lot of people don't know the last the last world baseball classic in 2017 the the usfa actually won it and it was something that was super exciting to see me personally i am a huge fan of any any time that a professional athlete can put on the red white and blue and represent the us of a i absolutely love to see it and so i'm super glad that they that those guys have the opportunity to do so and the one thing that i love about the world baseball classic that one you have essentially an all-star team from the us of a playing but you have the opportunity not that you would but you have the chance to see a showdown between Shohei otani and mike trout you know have trout batting and Shohei on the mound because you're not going to see that anywhere else. Same thing with the, um, I believe Edwin Diaz from the Mets uh, going as a pitcher going against uh, the Mets uh, Alonzo. So those are really exciting uh, matchups that you could possibly see. And I'm just glad that more of the, of the stars of the, of the MLB are playing in the world baseball classic because back when it first started, it wasn't that way. And I think, in 2017, when the when the U.S. team won it, I think that kind of showed a lot of other guys in the major leagues that obviously are U.S. are U.S. born citizens made them want to play. Mike Trout actually came out after the 2017 World Baseball Classic, and he he said he watched it and he said he saw how much fun they were having, and he said next time they have it, I'm definitely playing because the the reason. As the World Cup, the World Baseball Classic is only every four years. The reason why um, it's be playing this year is essentially because of COVID. Like I said, the U.S. won it in 2017, and then they were supposed to play again in 2021. But because of COVID and all all of the countries participating, were some of them were still in COVID protocols. That's why it's being it's being played this year. But I am super excited for it. And I tell you what, dude, our team. I will say though, even though they just got absolutely walked by Mexico. I mean, you take a look at this team. I mean, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Kyle Schwarber, and a few other guys in the outfield. Infielders, you got, like I said, Pete Alonzo, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Trey Turner. Oh, and we actually do have a representative of the Kansas City Royals, my boy, Bobby Witt Jr. So like I said, this is essentially an an all-star team of the USA. So it's just really exciting to see. And I'm glad that we have more, more stars playing in it. And I think for it to even go further than this year, you're either going to have to win in dramatic fashion, or you're going to have to lose in dramatic fashion. I think that's going to wake a lot of people up. You know, if you watch that Netflix special on the, the redeem team, right? Not the dream team, but the redeem team. That's what made Kobe want to come on is he was embarrassed by the 04 Olympics and wanted to play in the 08 Olympics. You look at Mike Trout, it's a little bit different because they won it, but that's what's going to have to happen. You can't just be mediocre because then these stars will not devote their time. They're going to go, ah, I'm not going to waste my time. I don't want to be considered a loser. I don't want to just be in mediocrity. You either need to win big or you need to lose in a dramatic fashion where it lights the fire where everyone's like, no, America needs to be on the top. We deserve to be on the top. We are baseball, right? We are baseball. That's America's game. And let's go Let's go win it. Uh, I'll be honest with the listeners. I am not a diehard baseball fan at all. Um, the World Baseball Classic, I did tune in a little bit in 2017, but 
it's always exciting, whether I'm a baseball fan, basketball fan, football fan, when your stars come out to play, it's just like the Ryder Cup, the Ryder oh. Cup for golf. You know, it's Absolutely. awesome when Tiger Woods announces he's going to play and when you've got these great players that want to come out, Bubba Watson and stuff that want to come out and play for their country. It's just a sense of pride. It's a sense of honoring your country. But also, to me, it's a good sign for athletes to show humility and thankfulness to the country that allows them to have the life that they do. They're millionaires playing a kid's game. And that does not happen a lot in other countries. So to me, it's almost like you don't need to do it or you don't have to do it. But I really enjoy when they step up and play for the for the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think one of the reasons why it kind of sparked interest because if you go back to 2017 and you look at some of the games that they played, I mean, you had Adam Jones drumming center field that just so many great plays. And I don't know, if, I don't know if it was in the championship game or not, but there was one ball that was hit that he, he actually home run. Yeah, and he just he just ran that thing down and just took it away and everyone was like oh my gosh and you could just feel like when he did that you could just feel the electricity for, from the crowd and the scenes and everything like that so again i'm i'm super super happy that that we have more stars more all-stars playing for america because like i said i feel like anytime um i love to see professional athletes suit up and put on the good red white and blue that's Absolutely. awesome. That's awesome. All right. Last topic here. The main event. It's Let's the go. one that we've chatted about. We promised that we were going to go over our brackets. This is unadulterated. We have never changed this. This is my original bracket that I filled out. Now, I'm not going to lie. I got like seven others, but I'm not going to share the seven others with you. It is the original Chris Hale bracket, and it's a thing of beauty. I mean, Warren... <laughs> Warren Buffett would be proud. So we're going to go off, Mitch, here. We're going to go southeast, midwest, west. We're going to the Sweet 16, and we're going to go all the way in, all the way to the championship. Winna-winna, chicken dinner. Here we go. In the south division, I've got Alabama, Virginia, Creighton, Missouri. What do you got in the south? I have in the south Alabama, Virginia, NC State. And Missouri. In the East, I've got Purdue against Tennessee, and I've got Kansas State against Marquette. That's all right. That's all right. However, I have Purdue versus Duke, and then I have Kansas State versus Michigan State. Ooh, having Marquette get upset. I am, absolutely, yeah. March Madness is all about upsets, baby. You ain't lying. Midwest. I've got Houston and Miami, Iowa State, and Texas. I have Houston versus Miami, and I have Xavier versus Texas. Ooh, ooh, all right, a little saucy. In the West, I've got Rock Chalk Jayhawk, Kansas, against St. Mary's, and I've got TCU against UCLA. All right, I have Kansas versus UConn. I think side note, I think St. Mary's is overrated. Also, I also have in the West I have TCU versus UCLA. Okay. Now we go to the Elite Eight. In the South, I've got Alabama playing Missouri. Yep. I also have Alabama 
playing Missouri. In the East, I've got Tennessee against K-State. In the East, I have Duke versus K-State. Okay. In the Midwest, I've got Houston against Texas. I also have Houston versus Texas. And in the West, I've got Kansas against UCLA. I have Kansas versus TCU. All right. My final four. I got Alabama against Tennessee, and I've got Texas against KU. Well, you know, Chris, Missouri's gone this far, right? If you pick Missouri to go to the final four, you are a homer. Bro, I will say I have many brackets. This is a bracket that I'm putting on that one sports podcast. I can put whatever bracket I want here. So, therefore, the bracket I am sharing with you is my dream bracket, okay? So, in my final four, I have M-I-Z-Z-O-U-Mizzou versus Duke. And the other matchup, I have Texas versus Kansas. So, my championship game is Tennessee against KU. And I've got KU winning 76 to 71. Back-to-back, first team to do it since 06, 07. Or it might have been 07, 08, but it was the Florida Gators. Yep, you, you are. I believe you are correct. Who is and, your championship game and who's your champion? So my championship game is Mizzou versus Kansas. And you are. Oh, that would be nasty for around dude, here. Oh, that's dude. Great. Uh, and and my winner is obviously without. It goes without saying, Mizzou eighty, Kansas seventy seven. Yeah, I don't think it's your dream bracket. I think it's your delusional bracket. But no, it is definitely my dream bracket for sure, hundred percent. I I think in my realistic bracket, I would probably have Mizzou going to the Sweet 16 probably, maybe maybe the Elite 8, but that would probably the farthest I'd actually, I would legit put them. Because here's my thing, it's ironic that the team that you have in the championship was, what, Tennessee and Kansas, right? Yeah. Mizzou beat Tennessee twice this year, bro. But they wouldn't beat him a third time. I tell you what, they should have a lot, a lot of confidence in that game. I mean, you've beaten someone two times already. And so, and I also find it kind of funny because Mizzou beat Tennessee last year as well. So I feel like uh I feel like Dennis Gates because he beat uh Rick Barnes twice. I think he just he's living rent free in his head, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, and I, sometimes sometimes you just have a bad matchup, but why I like Tennessee is you look at who they lost to. Yeah, they, they've had some bad losses, but my thing with Missouri has always been this, and I tell you this every podcast we 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 talk about it. Missouri's highs are high, but their lows are low. And I agree with that. Tennessee and it's like, yeah, they lost to Missouri twice, but they also beat Alabama. They beat Kansas. They beat Texas. They, they did lose to Arizona, but they've also lost to Kentucky twice. There's just teams that they don't necessarily play, but then they come back and beat Arkansas by 18. You know, it's like, right. That's what makes March Madness so fun is you've got one game, can your best players play their best, right? Is is it best on best? Right. And that's where I I think Missouri's going to have enough juice to upset some people early on, but I think their Cinderella story will run out because they rely so much on scoring that when they're cold, they don't have like a, a scorer to go to and play that that half-set offense. It's They've got to be running and gunning. Now, if Missouri's on, 
they're going to give almost anybody in the country a run for their money. But in my opinion, for you to be on for as many games as you have to be to get to the tournament and hope that you don't have a, a dud is just too much of an ask. You're going to have to dig deep in one of those games where you're having a dud and go into that half set and give the ball to your playmaker. And that's what I think KU has. KU has that guy that you can give that to and say, go get us a couple buckets to steer the ship. See, I, I would say I, I um, you know, screw that. No, I disagree, bro. I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but Mizzou does have a guy by the name of Kobe Brown, who's 6'8", 240 pounds, first team all SEC. Um, I think that if they're if they were in that type of situation, which I feel like Who the they hell were, is Kobe Brown exactly. First Kobe team. Brown sounds like someone you would walk in on a Quiznos and he'd be hanging up as employee of the month. Bro, first of all, don't be disrespectful. Kobe I'm Brown's first. He bro. he does not deserve to have that first name. Hey, There's one first. Kobe Bean Bryant, not hey, no Kobe Brown. First team All SEC, so show respect, okay? He also. I believe is averaging over 20 a game. He, him and Demoy Hodge, Demoy Hodge is one of the best three point shooters in the country. Uh, he, he shoots at over 40% clip. So I tell you what, if they get in a half, if they have to go into a half court set, they do have a couple guys they can go to. So it's, we'll see. It's, we'll see. Just so you oh, know, we'll, oh, seven we'll year old daughter. And that's why she's and she don't favorite. know nothing. And that's why she's my favorite. She picked him because she just knows the state, Missouri. She kept going, oh, yeah, we live there. I'll pick them. Oh, yeah, we live there. I'll pick them. And she picked every state that she knew. She picked Kansas State and Kansas. Who did your son pick? Uh, Marcus, you know what? I think he picked, now that you ask, I think Marcus picked. Marcus picked Kansas State. Charlie picked Missouri. Uh, Pigeon Toady is Corinne's name of her bracket. It's a character off of Storks. <laughs> she picked Houston and Morgan picked uh, Texas. You know who's going to be sneaky is Duke. And oh, I, I was just about him. to say that, bro. I, was, I know. Dude. And I did not pick him in this bracket. I got Tennessee. But in my other bracket, I got Duke going pretty far. They're, they're on a nine-game yeah. win streak. Those young players exactly. seem like they found it. Dude, I cannot wait. For March Madness, it is one of the funnest. Like Thursday and Friday, Saturday and Sunday, the first opening week of March Madness is nuts. I love March Madness. I love, yeah, I completely agree with you. Love March Madness. And also, side note, fun fact for all of, all of our listeners. Also, if you did not know, the first weekend of March Madness is also the most common weekend that if a guy's going to go get snipped, that's when he does it. You want to know why? It's because he can sit and watch basketball for four days straight and just and I am part of that statistic I got (laughs) snipped snipped, and I sat on my couch and I watched it it's the best time you sitting there having ice on your sack while you're watching uh March Madness it is yeah now here's what's bad though when we do our podcast next week we're gonna see how bad our brackets busted (laughs) oh you you ain't lying because I tell you what because something and is and I can say this because I am a diehard Mizzou fan. I've been a Mizzou fan my whole life. It would shock me if Mizzou pulled the Mizzou thing and loses like in the first or second round. And I'm sitting here with all this pie, all this pie on my face, you know, because they, you know, I get to them coming out in the first game and just shooting lights out. And the second game, they just ice cold. And it's just like, gosh, dang it, guys. Well, yeah. But, and, and you know what team from the West Coast I think is Jekyll and Hyde is UCLA. 
They 100%. just lost their they just lost their best defender, but they are liable to win it as much as they are to lose it. Like I could see them getting upset early in the round. I could also see them making a trip to the final four. They're just a really unique team. Agree. And and also going going back to Duke, the reason why I like them so much is because like you said, they're on a nine game win streak. Duke always has the number one or number two recruiting class coming in every year. So you know that like what we alluded to earlier was who's your best on best? More than likely, their five are probably gonna be better than your five. And in that situation in March Madness, that's normally the most important thing. Is is their five better than your five? Is their if the, is their best player better than your best player? And I would go out on a limb and say this: that Duke's best player is probably better than the majority of every other team they're gonna that they're gonna play their best player. I can't disagree with you. That's why I think it's gonna be so fun to watch. You know, I don't think the brackets this year were unfair. You know, some people sometimes you get oh! you get put into a really really bad bracket. I heard some KU fans saying that they wanted to be in, you know, they should have been in this bracket and they got there. When you look at the matchups, to me, it's not a travesty lot like it was a couple years ago when you had like three blue bloods all in the same bracket. It's like, geez, to get out of that bracket alone is going to be impressive. And I know you're, oh, throwing up what you thought Mizzou should have been fourth, third. Absolutely not. No, I think that Mizzou should have been a six. So it wasn't a lot of disrespect. I think the team that got shafted the most was Texas A&M. I believe they got a, I believe they got a like an eight seed, and they played in the SEC. I feel like the two best conferences in college basketball are the Big Twelve and the SEC. And for Texas A&M to play in that conference and have that record and go all the way to the SEC championship for an eight seed, I thought I thought that I thought that was disrespectful. Well, Texas A&M is a seven seed. Okay, they- so. And they get to play Penn State, which I think is a pretty fair oh, okay. matchup. Okay, okay, but but they draw Texas right after that, right? But here's my thing, though. Yeah, we talked about Tennessee. The reason why I feel like Mizzou should have been a six is how can you tell me that Tennessee is a? I believe there. I believe Tennessee's a three seed or four seed. They're a four seed. They're a four seed. Mizzou beat them twice, bro. It goes had- back to what you and I have argued about this whole time with Mizzou. Mizzou's first like 13 games, they played the Kansas school of the blind. They played nobody. And then when you look at Tennessee, I just told you some of their wins. Yes, their losses. Apparently losing to Mizzou is not a big thing for you, right? Because you're saying Mizzou's really good. So if, if you lose to Mizzou twice and you really haven't had any other just flat out horrible losses and you've beaten some of those high level teams like they have, Kansas, of course you're going to be higher ranked in Mizzou. Mizzou's biggest claim to fame is what, Tennessee? That they beat Tennessee? They've had some bad losses, man. The, the, the only losses that we've had are SEC losses. So so when you say bad losses, oh, so you're saying in which that we just played like crap and we got beat by 15 or 20. I would probably say Mizzou's worst loss was KU this year. I believe they lost by like 22 or 23. They got some mizzoked. I just told you 22 or 23. That's what I'm saying. I'm letting so, you know. So I so I repeat it so you'll know and get it in your head. They got smizzoked. Like okay. a sausage on a Traeger, baby. Well, but you wanna know what though? I can't wait. I can't wait for the for this for this weekend. Um so hey, so quick question for you. Um are you working from home Thursday and Friday? Uh yes. Oh, so you're not working then? 
I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've I've got. I'll actually be in Chicago, so I'll have some hotel watching. Oh dang, that stinks, man. Uh, oh man, that stinks. Um, I will say, uh, I did take Thursday and Friday off actually, um, so I will be home watching. Um, and also, side note, it's my wife, Lori, who I love and adore. She uh, is a St. Patty's Day baby. So her birthday is coming up on Friday. So we both have that day off. She is also, Patty. yeah, she's also, she's also a huge, obviously, uh, college basketball fan who's a, who's a KU fan. But she, she knows what's up. Oh, that, she does. That's why she, you married a smart one. And just yeah, so everybody knows, that's my cousin. Yeah, that is very so true. We all think the right way. Mitch is the only one that likes M I Z Z O O. What? Oh man, no. But so, but uh, yeah, she's she actually does really well uh, filling out brackets. And I hate to say this, but the last two years she has beaten me in the bracket because we always do two brackets. We do a realistic one and a dream bracket, and we score our realistic bracket. And she's you better the last hope man, that. You know, that first round matchup, and I'm not trying to harp on Mizzou, but that first round, because I got them going kind of far too. That first round matchup, those are two high-powered offenses, man. Like the Aggies don't play nearly in the the and, schedule and that they do. But I'm telling you, man, if the Aggies for two offensive powerhouses, if they come out hot and Mizzou is not, and, ooh, 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 it's going to be a hey, fun podcast next and, week with and, coming in all sulking. And, and and I'm telling you this, and that's why I feel disrespected. How how did Mizzou, who probably could have been a six seed, how do they get the worst draw as a seven seed? Did you know that they're that right now they're actually if you go to DraftKings, they're actually the underdog right now at like two and a half points. Oh, I know that I I saw that because it's Utah ridiculous. is a really good ten ten seed. And of course, that's who Mizzou would get matched up with. I I told Lord, I said, boy, Utah say I said, man, we. I said, Lord, I said. We better beat that squad because we just better because we just need to we just need to show everyone this is the this is the new Mizzou with Dennis Gates and and I will say for him to be able to take them to the next level is to essentially just be consistent. So yeah, hey, here's the best thing, man. We can all talk about it next podcast on Monday. We We're will be, be about it. We will truly see who be about it. Right. Hopefully, hopefully. I tell you what, I might, you know, if Mizzou loses in the first second, I, I might be sick next week, bro. I don't know. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'll do it all by myself and make it a whole Mizzou show of why they didn't win. Oh, wow. Okay, can't have that happen. So I will definitely be back next week. Man, like, again, in my opinion, this is the second greatest event in sports in the USA behind the Super Bowl. So I'm super excited. Yes, sir. So, so last thing I I have been forgetting, we've been doing like, we've been ranking and do our rankings and stuff like that. We have not done it for the last two podcasts. We have not done our shout outs. Okay. So I want to throw it to you, Chris. Is there any team, anybody that you'd like to shout out before we end the podcast? Yeah. Bill Self. Way to beat that hard issue. Come back in March Madness. Show them what's up. Let's go, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Let's go ahead and win this thing so I can just have ultimate bragging rights over my co-host for the rest of the episodes. Bill Self, way to do it, baby. All right. So my shout-out 
uh, this week is I will say this is a for me it's a no brainer. Like I like I said earlier, my wife's birthday is uh, coming up this week on Friday, so my shout out goes to my lovely wife Lori. I love you, mad crazy, and I'm glad I get to do this thing called life with you. All right, that's the end of the podcast. So guys, always remember, please be kind because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. Until next week, fam. Peace.